If you were able to walk into a room confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mickey Gaffin-Stone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. You are listening to or watching Mickey Gaffin-Stone on Navigating Complicated Relationships here on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm so thrilled you're here today. We have an interesting topic. Whose responsibility is it? Now, responsibility can be a tricky thing to navigate. How do you know if it's yours? Do you find yourself taking responsibility for everyone else at home or at work? Do you exhaust yourself trying to make sure everyone else is on track? You may have heard the words bossy or micromanaging whispered as you walk by. No more, my friend. Today, we will explore how much of that load you can put down. Oh, that's going to be so much better. If you find yourself at the receiving end of someone chasing you down all day or wanting to know if you've done the thing yet, are you tired of being micromanaged, perhaps? Then for you also, great. This is time for you to figure out whose responsibility it is and take that huge step in the right direction, whichever end of the receiving line you're on. So I'm going to use some human design. I'm going to use my behavior change science, put it all together along with a whole lot of experience. And we are going to look at whose responsibility it is anyway. Now, if you've been watching me before, then you'll know I'm a board certified behavior analyst and I also am a human design expert. And I put the two things together to make some magic happen because we don't fit into one small box. We have a lot of complexity. And so I work with complexity in order to make things simple for you. So human design is going to feature in this episode today as I explain to you how to find where that conditioning is, where the sort of wrong turn is, if you will, the road sign got changed around, and how to come back from that. So hang on to that thought and let's jump in. If you have your notepads, please get them ready, whether that's pen and paper or whether that's electronic, it's all good. So Responsibility can be defined as the quality or state of being, right? You can be responsible morally. You can be responsible legally. You can also be accountable, reliable, trustworthy. All of these are aspects of responsibility, and they are traits to be encouraged in your kids by modeling, in your colleagues by modeling, and for your boss, if you have one, by sort of modeling and some very respectful conversation. And we'll we'll get into all of that as well. But responsibility is not something that you can bludgeon into somebody's head. They don't get it from being sort of pressured into, you will now be responsible and this is what it will look like. There's nothing to hang that on. You have no sort of anchor for that kind of information. So let's have a look at the generations and where they each come from. The reason this is important is because it's very easy to turn around and say, it's their fault, they did it, they did this, they did that. And and that is unhelpful. 
you give away your ability to take action. You give away your power by blaming others. So let's not do that. The first generation we're going to look at just, just for a moment is the pre, well, during the war and depression era. They were known as the silent generation or the traditionalists. They, they were um, known for being very quiet during the McCarthy era when there was a lot of fear of communism and so on. And that group had a strong work ethic. That was what they were expected to have. And their responsibility was really to work hard and accept what the authorities were telling them to do. So boomers come along next, the baby boom. And the baby boomers, they came from this place of work hard. If you don't, there's lack, you know, and this is the message they received. And so the baby boomers figured, you know, this is all gross generalizations, okay? So don't, don't shoot the messenger. Um, but the boomers decided that having a nice house, working hard, making money, these were the priorities. And so the Gen X kids were, of course, not particularly high on the agenda of things to be concerned about, or in fact, responsible for. So the, the boomers figured that their responsibility was to feed, house and clothe their kids, which is the baseline responsibility. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it is not the full responsibility. It's the outline, if you will. It is supposed to be filled in. So Generation X were basically raising themselves for the most part. And some of that worked and some of that didn't go quite so well, as you can imagine, because a child is not really well equipped to raise a child and certainly not to decide what they're responsible for and what they aren't. So when Generation X had children, you have millennials and Generation X were the first ones to introduce helicopter parenting, where they're going to watch everything exactly the opposite to what their parents did. And, you know, this is the, the millennials with a generation that got scheduled to within an inch of their lives, something after class, after school every day, you know, something, everything was sort of boxed in and nothing was missed and it was too much. So the millennials, they have their kids and they're trying to navigate a world where their parents are still thinking, you know, hey, you need to have a house and you need to have you know, a steady job and safety and all those kind of things. And guess what we don't have to offer them in this day? There's no such thing as a safe job. Who has one of those? If you know someone, I want you to send me a message and let me know and let me know what that job is, because I can't think of any. So our responsibility, our sense of responsibility has shifted over the generations. And now we have Gen Z, which is the most connected generation. They're all connected via the Internet. And we start to lose some sense of responsibility over that. You know, like, are you responsible for what you say? Looking at social media, I'm going to say a lot of people think they aren't. You know, they, they say things that uh, cannot be proven, can be disproven quite often. And yet there they are saying it without a blush, without a thought that, Perhaps they have a responsibility to, you know, find the truth, maybe do a little research. You know, the, these things are not high on the agenda of people in the current time in social media. And that's problematic because Gen Alpha, the kids born after 2010, are growing up in an environment where nobody seems to be responsible for anything on the Internet. And 
there's no safety in jobs. Like what kind of environment are they coming into? So let's figure out what we're doing with responsibility and how it plays out when responsibility is misplaced or forgotten altogether, because either way, that's, that's problematic. So one of the ways we get confused with responsibility is in whose response are you responsible for? And let me unpack that one a little bit. So a lot of people walking around with big people-pleasing tendencies feel that their responsibility is to make sure that everybody else is okay, to make sure that everyone is happy with them and that they're doing the things that the other people want. So all of that is external and none of that is your responsibility. But when you grow up in a certain environment that promotes the child's need to please the adults, to you know, stay small and quiet and not give anybody trouble, in quotations, then that person can grow up with um, a whole lot of misplaced responsibility, all external, forgetting that they have a responsibility to themselves, to look after themselves, to check in with themselves even. And that person, if you're recognizing this, you'll know that you spend an awful lot of time and energy looking around you at other people and trying to figure out what are they going to do next. And if that person's upset with you, you feel responsible or you feel blame for that. And it's not your responsibility. You have no control over what the other person does. How can you control their actions? If you think about it, the world would look very interesting if we could control each other's actions. You know, the, those who were the strongest in their opinions of what was right would be making everybody else do the same thing. We don't work that way. That's not how it is. So the other person's perspective is not your responsibility. It's theirs and it's their lens. This is how they look at you. So the toll on trying to, you know, please other people and is to be in fear of making a mistake, for example. And when you're afraid of making mistakes, do you think you act in the biggest, brightest, best way for yourself? The answer is no, you don't. You keep yourself very small, very hidden, and with a sort of very subconscious fear of success, because that puts you in the limelight, you're going to do all kinds of sneaky little things to yourself to keep you small. Maybe you'll forget to take that big action that you need to do. Maybe you'll drop a meeting or, you know, something will happen that you get derailed every time. Are you noticing a pattern yet? In relationships, that same person who's afraid of everything is also likely to be walking on eggshells. You know, that expression where you're just tiptoeing around trying not to tip anybody up. In a relationship, that really is not healthy. You cannot live like that. The stress is awful. And for the person on the other side of that, they either are encouraged to be more of a tyrant or they feel like they're being a tyrant and that doesn't make them happy. Again, neither of those scenarios are healthy or helpful. So how can you figure out where you end and the other person begins? And one of the places is to look at action. Can you be responsible for their action? Are you taking responsibility for your own action? 
on what parameters? What are you looking at? You know, do no harm is a pretty good place to start. But occasionally that will happen inadvertently and you really cannot be responsible for the other person's reaction. So this comes up in breakups a lot, right? Blame gets bandied around all over the place. It's your fault you left or it's your fault you said this. And sometimes that's just the way it has to be. And somebody's not going to be happy about it, but you are not responsible for what they do with that. They have to be responsible for themselves. You are responsible. If you're exiting a relationship, you're responsible for doing that with as much grace and dignity as you can. You don't need to make anybody wrong. You don't need to make sure that the other person's worse than you are or any of those things. Just bring the the relationship to a completion and with dignity, leave. That's it. Then the other person gets to deal with things the way they're going to. So that's one way of looking at responsibility and whose it is. So where are you taking responsibility for other people? If you're chasing after someone to make sure they've done the thing, have a look and see, why are you doing that? Is it your responsibility to make sure they've done it? What happens if they don't do it? Is that your responsibility? Let's look at relationships at home first, because I'm going to look at the workplace later. That is a different circumstance, but only only superficially. Fundamentally, it's the same thing. You still have responsibility for yourself and how you show up for you in your own life. So what does that look like? Can you make some notes? And we're going to look at this as we move through this episode, but we have a break in a moment. So take advantage of that break, you know, listen with one ear and then make plenty of notes on the other. Have two columns. One is your responsibility and you're sure that's yours. And the other one is where you're either in doubt or you're sure it's somebody else's. And just start making a list because it can be very revealing as you write. Put the first things that come down in your head. Put the first things down that come into your head. There you go. That was a complicated sentence, apparently. So I will see you after the break. Please don't go anywhere. Remember, you can find us on over 450 platforms. So if you want to try a different one for the next episode, do that too. Play and I will see you after the break. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. 
eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you're still here, and I hope you're still writing lots of notes. And while you're sort of letting your mind run on that, I'm just going to bring in human design for a moment, because human design is a fabulous tool for finding out where you are energetically, how you operate, what works for you, when you feel comfortable and in flow where you are, and then where the layer of conditioning is. Now, conditioning is what we get from external sources. So it's the stories you're told. You're always this, you're too much that. You know, there's a lot of language that's not really helpful in these conditioned um, aspects of us. Now, conditioning isn't always bad, right? We do have to have some external influence. We're not walking islands. But some of it is it gets in the way and it keeps us smaller. And the person I described earlier where they're people pleasing, that person is definitely suffering from the wrong kind of conditioning. They have conditioning that keeps them small. So we talked about how our sense of responsibility has shifted over the generations and, you know, being afraid of making mistakes is going to keep you small. So these are two aspects of responsibility that tells you it's really important to clear it up. So in, in human design, where you find these embodied stories about you, you can work on them to sort of clear that lens, if you will, and step into who you're meant to be. It's a journey. You start with the human design reading and discovering those aspects of you and really paying attention to them, going out and testing them. And then you work in a coaching format, ideally, with me. And we bring in human design throughout so that your journey is quicker to the place you want to be. So if you're interested in that, go to my website, gaffinstone.com, and check out your chart. You can do that for free. And you can book a reading. And we can begin the journey and we can end it anytime you need to, but I think you're going to want to keep going. So when we get stories put onto us during our childhood, your timeline changes. Imagine your timeline is a straight line across a page and you're going from left to right and you're toddling along and you hit roughly six years of age and something happens to you. You get a story of you're too loud. You're always making too much noise. You need to be quiet. Children should be seen and not heard. It's surprising how many people still think that, right? So you get that story. And when you're a child, you make a decision with the information you have based on a child's lens. And that decision, given the scenario I've just given you, is likely to be, hmm, I need to be quiet. I need to stay small and, you know, safe in a corner so that nobody notices me and then they won't be mad at me. You know, that's that's more or less how that decision goes. 
But the key is the decision is made. So now you're on a different timeline shifted. You put a lens on. Now, every story that you get after that, that's about you and it's 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 given to you, but it's not you. It's the other person's lens. Every story you get adds another layer onto those glasses that are getting really fogged up with different stories. So by the time you reach teenage years, you've got an awful lot going on and most of it's not yours and it's very difficult to navigate through, right? So just imagine what you can do offloading that and finding out where you are and where those stories are. This can help you to figure out where your responsibility to yourself lies. Are you taking care of yourself? How high on your priority list is your health and well-being? Are you doing things to take time for yourself and look after your mental health? This is something that it gets discussed whenever something negative happens or someone dies from suicide or something, their mental health becomes an issue for a while and nobody really knows what they're doing with it and then it goes quiet again. So don't be that person. Take care of yourself. Find the resources that you need to do that. If you have some good close friends, maybe they're good resources, but look around you and see what you have. And if you don't have adequate resources, then where can you find them? What would that look like? What would you like it to be? Taking responsibility for yourself is where your power is. It's the thing you can do because no matter where you are in life, you're always with you. Other people come and go, right? So it's really important to discover you under the conditioning and then find where your responsibilities to yourself are. Are you working in a job you hate? Are you doing a job that could be good but doing it badly? Where's your responsibility in that? Is it all to do with the job or is it the way you're showing up? What responsibility do you take for how you show up to your work? And these are questions that you might not like them superficially, but they're very helpful when you start figuring it out. So let's move on to the personality that tries to take responsibility for others. And that looks like control. So this is the micromanager this is the bossy person, you know, the, the person who wants every single thing done their way or else. That really takes a toll on the person who is delivering that as well as the person who's receiving it. So if you feel the need to control everything, chances are when you were a child, you didn't feel like you had control over anything. Now, reality is kids don't, but you can, as a parent, give kids some sense of responsibility for things. I don't mean necessarily go get a puppy, but, you know, you can give them responsibility for looking after their clothes, for example, or making decisions about their clothes, that kind of thing. You can start to do the interactions more than the do it this way, do it that way. Because when you grow up with someone who tells you everything and asks you nothing, you end up with this micromanaging urge because you have to control something. And it can lead to stress, of course. Can you hear the stress? It's frustrating because you can't control the other person. You can become hyper-focused on this task that really isn't that serious. It's not that big, 
but it becomes a big deal because it's a matter of control. And when you've got all this going on with all these hormones coming up, cortisol, adrenaline, and so on, you're going to end up losing sleep. You get raised blood pressure because your body's under attack with all this stress and you get a temper issue, right? Maybe your tendency is to anger. Now, if you express that anger, somebody else is perhaps having a hard time. It depends on what your position is in relation to them. And if you don't express it, you're internalizing it and that blood pressure is going up again. So it's really important if you are somebody who micromanages to try and take a step back and realize that the other person can take this. They can have responsibility for this. You can take that big burden and put it down because it's really a sack of heavy that you don't need. It's stopping you from living your best life as well as making other people miserable. So nobody wins. Nobody's having a good time here when there's micromanaging and control going on. And it doesn't make you a good leader. A good leader does not need to do the micromanaging and the hyper control of everything. So think about that. Make yourself some notes and be honest with yourself. You don't need to tell me or anybody else what you're putting down. You don't need to tell anyone where you think you are. You just need to talk to yourself a little bit about this and give yourself a helping hand. Now, another thing we can sometimes get a little stuck on, a little fixated with, is advice giving. Where does your responsibility end when you give advice? Well, kudos and full marks to anyone who said, well, it ends when I give the advice. So if someone has asked you for advice, then great, by all means, do give it if you have some to give. Don't feel that you have to give advice just because someone asked. If you don't really know, be novel and say so. But if you are going to give advice, know that once you've given it, even if the person said, please, please, please tell me, help me. Okay, here's what I have for you. This is, this is my gift. This is my advice. And like a gift, once you've given it, it's not yours anymore. So don't worry about it. Don't be attached to them following through because that leads to stress on your end and pressure on theirs. And again, nobody's happy with this because responsibility has been misplaced. It's in the wrong hands, or at least the wrong hands are trying to take it. So if they don't follow your advice, what do you usually make that mean? Is it that they're wrong? Is it that you have a responsibility to have them follow through because you know what you said was the right thing? It, it can be such a source of energy drain in your life. An example I'd love to give you right now is my mom. She would give advice and she gave pretty good advice a lot of the time, but she would then follow up and follow up and follow up and follow up. And she would follow up so often that it became aversive to receive her advice in the first place, because you knew that once she'd said it, you'd either have to do it right away or suffer the consequences of hearing about it repeatedly. Now, she was coming from a good place in her heart, but it really didn't help the recipient and it didn't help the advice be well received. So if you're that person, if you're following through all the time, after you've given advice, maybe you can learn to just put it down and say, this is what I think. 
This is yours. It's up to you. And you detach from that. It's not yours anymore. You don't need to worry about it. Relationship difficulties can come up because of the push and pull of, well, you need to do this. Have you done it yet? You know, nagging is a word that um, it's not a very nice word, but it implies that the person is continually reminding someone, you have to do this. This needs to happen. It's got to be like that. Da, da, da. And if you've been accused of nagging, then have a look at when do you let go of the advice you gave or the requests you gave? Can you just put it there and leave it? If you're concerned really that they, they're not going to follow up, ask them, how can I help you with this? Would you like me to remind you? If you would, when? You know, ask them. And if they say, no, no, I've got it. Okay, we have some natural consequences coming up because either they will do the thing and, and it will go hopefully the way everybody wants or they'll forget. And without an I told you so, there is a natural consequence. Whatever follows on from that action not being taken, right? You don't have to point it out. They'll know. So again, if you have that urge to point these things out, try and resist. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't make anyone more receptive. So, you know, the, the expectation is, is unhelpful. Just put it down, let it go, take a nice deep breath. And as Jimmy Buffett says, you, know, you can listen to the song if you like, after the show, after the show, not during, breathe in, breathe out, move on. Jimmy Buffett, what a man. I will see you after the break. It's, we're almost there. If you would like to email me, it's mickey at gaffinstone.com. Shoot me an email. Ask me anything. If you want to have a human design reading, we can totally do that too. I will see you in a minute. Don't go away. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, Tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad you're still here. I'm still here, too, despite my chair's best efforts. So 
before the break, we were talking about how conditioning comes from external sources. It's the stories you're told. And sometimes those stories keep you small. They keep you from succeeding in your life the way you want to, the way you know you, can, you could if only you didn't have these limiting beliefs. And unfortunately, a lot of us accept that we have these limiting beliefs and then don't really look for them or take action because, well, we feel limited, right? It's a, it's a circle. So if that's you, come and talk with me and let's have a look at your human design and find out where your gifts are. Because chances are really strong that the things that you have been told are wrong about you are actually gifts. And I can show you how. It's one of my very favorite things to do. So if that's you, come talk to me. Now, also before the break, I mentioned that if you're always following up after you give advice to someone, if you chase them down to make sure that they're following up on your advice, that they're doing the thing, it is an energy drain. No wonder you're exhausted by the end of the day and you feel that you haven't accomplished anything because chasing after other people to do actions that you're not responsible for is exhausting, right? It's, it's not what we're here to do. So if you can figure out where you do that and not do that, you will find that it's like a great big breath of air. It's so refreshing. It's so nice to do. Can you tell from how I'm speaking right now that I have been in that place of giving advice and then thinking that it's up to me to make sure the person follows it? And I discovered some years ago, happily, that that wasn't the case. And when I stopped doing that, ah, oh, it was so nice. So I recommend it. Please do try it. Now, when it comes to teaching your kids to be responsible, this is something that, first of all, it's not what you say. It's not what you tell them, although that is helpful, but it's secondary to what you're showing them. So how do you show up responsibly in the household? How do you show up responsibly with your kids? How do they hear you speak? What kind of clues do you give them? as to where the responsibilities lie? And do they make sense? And this is so important because when we just repeat things that other people have said, this is how it's done and this is your responsibility, if, if you don't really understand it yourself, maybe stop and examine it before you pass it on to your kids because unexamined expressions, values, um, responsibilities may be incorrect. They may have been misinterpreted over the generations or they may simply no longer apply. So I would invite you to check that out and see, are you passing on things that you really understand? That's a responsibility right there to check that out. Now, kids, kids and responsibility. Are you helping them learn decision-making? Because that is a muscle and like any other muscle, it needs to be exercised to work. Otherwise, it atrophies and it's no good at all. So how are you helping them to make decisions? And with your need to control, can you, do you back off and let them make those decisions? Because it doesn't work if you're saying, well, you can make the decision. They make a decision. And then you say, no, that's the wrong decision. Make this decision. If you're still doing that, then know that you are taking their responsibility from them. You're not letting them learn how to make decisions and what happens afterwards. 
So they need to learn by experience a lot of the time what works, what doesn't, and where their responsibility lies in that situation. What action can they take afterwards? And this is where not going into blame and shame and all of those negative things that I talk about as often as possible. Don't go into that because there's no action that can be taken from there. If you want your child to do something differently, if you want them to grow and learn and move forward in life, then they're going to do that by making decisions, discovering what happens when they do, and having options. And having someone that says, oh, okay, that was interesting. What would you do differently next time? Here are some scenarios that I see. If, if you'd like to hear them, I'll tell them to you. You know, and you always get curious. Be curious. Why did you decide that? Oh, I see. Hmm. Interesting. And what do you think now? You know, it ask questions, ask questions. One of the best questions you can ask is, how so? When your child tells you something, particularly teens, keep that conversation going, not with you needing to assert your authority, because frankly, it's too late at this point. Your teens are adults in training. They're getting ready to go somewhere else. So at this point, you want to have a rapport. You want to have a back and forth conversation and be open to learning about your teen. There's a whole lot of growing going on there that you don't know about. Where do they feel responsible? What have they learned? What have they learned from their environment? It's not all what you teach. It's also what they get from their peers. It's what they get from school. It's what they get from their environment. So how can they make their highest and best decisions? Are you giving them the tools? If you're not, can you? Because today's a great day to start doing that. And there's no judgment here because, again, that leads to blame and shame and all these negative things that simply drain your energy. They have no purpose in life. They do nothing useful. And again, if you can come up with one thing that you think would be useful, send me a message because I have not come across it yet. And I've been working with human behavior for a lot of years. So if you find something I've missed, let me know. I'm always open to new information. Now for yourself, let's give you a break for a minute because you might be feeling like you're under a lot of pressure here and that's not what I'd like to give the message of. But did you have the best information to make your highest and greatest decisions? Because, you know, I firmly believe that people do not make intentional bad decisions. You don't sit there and say, hmm, I'm going to make a bad decision today. I mean, maybe as a teen and, and that will end up on, you know, Instagram. But Generally speaking, we don't make bad decisions intentionally. You make it from the information you have. So what does that look like? Did you have really good information when you made your decisions? Is the information your kids have better than that was? If so, pat yourself on the back. You're doing great. Like It's, it's all a journey, right? So while the team's choice might look, quote unquote, bad to you, what awareness are they working from that they see that differently to you? Are they under peer pressure to have blue hair? If they have blue hair, does it matter? Is it really a long-term problem or do you just not like blue hair? In which case, let them have blue hair. You know, it grows out. It's a small thing, 
but it's a sense of autonomy and it's an experiment for them. And they'll get to see how their friends react, what their teachers say. Okay, if they're going to get boosted out of school, don't let them have blue hair. But, you know, find another example that's a similar thing. Okay, might be their clothes. You might not like them, but you're not wearing them. So can you let them? If there's uh, an indecency issue, that's another thing. But if it's just preferences, hands off, right? Give them practice at making decisions. Don't step in to say no, because you're taking that away from them and they're not learning anything. They don't know how to make that decision differently next time. So if you were allowed to make decisions without being corrected, would you like that? Would you like it to just say, oh, it's this is my decision and nobody's going to say to you, well, that's not a very good decision. You need to do this instead. How, how does that feel in your body when you hear that? Because I know for me, it makes me feel like shrinking. It, it makes me feel like I'm a child again, making a wrong decision. If you experience that as a child, are you passing that on? And if you are, I invite you to try and break the cycle. Come and learn about your human design, learn about how you can work with that and break that cycle. So on your list, should be a long list by now. Do you ask or do you tell when you're talking to other people? Could be your partner, could be your kids. Do you ask them things out of curiosity or do you tell them how it is? Do you criticize when they make a decision you don't like or when they don't do something well, do you criticize? Because again, if you use words like, I have a better idea, or well, that wasn't very smart, was it? You know, if you say things like that, you're you're putting that person, whether it's a partner or a child, in a very small place. And it's tough to get out of, right? I think most of us experience that in some way or other, especially, you know, Gen X looking at the boomer parents, you had a lot of expectations, but no how to. So now you're figuring it out, right? Gen X parents have had a very tough time because there's really no sort of role model to look at, right, when you raise yourself. So give yourself a break. Your responsibility now is to learn and to do better than was done to you. That's, that's a loose guideline, but it's a pretty helpful one. So there is also a big difference between telling your child or your partner what to do and leaving them without guidance as to what you'd like to see in the case of your partner, perhaps, or what options your child has. You know, if you find yourself saying, well, whatever you think is good, that's not parenting. That's that's abandonment almost, right? You're just saying, oh, I'm not getting involved. You sort it out. But you're not giving any tools with this. So how about you give tools? And to find out which tools you need, ask the questions. Well, how so? What do you, what do you mean? What does that look like? What are you thinking? What are your options? How do you see this? These are all kinds of questions that you can ask. And really be curious, genuinely, because you could learn something. We can learn a lot from teens, from adults in training in particular. And partners, well, we may think we know them, but un unless you have a little window to their inside of their head, you don't know everything. You're assuming a lot. And assuming is a tricky place to be sometimes, right? So take responsibility for yourself. 
show up fully, give details for the information that you need to pass on so that it's clear, and then hands off, right? So we're going to be going to a break fairly soon, not just yet, but fairly soon. I'd like you to keep going with that notepad. Do you have a clear definition of your personal responsibility to yourself? Because that's what we're going to focus on. That's what you have is a responsibility to you. So how do you show up for yourself? Let's work on that for a minute. Do you follow your values for you? Or are you living very externally and sending it out to everybody else? Make some notes, think about it, and don't go away because we are coming back. And after the break, we're going to really look at how you can show up for you more fully. So hang in there and I will see you soon. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Mickey Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mickey Gaffin-Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Mickey Gaffin-Stone at the Inspired Choices Network. And this show is Navigating Complicated Relationships. And we're looking at responsibility, whose it is, how to keep yours, and how not to take theirs. So that's not the full title of the show, but that's what we're looking at. And if you have interest in finding out your human design, finding out who you are under the conditioning, then please do contact me, mickey at gaffinstone.com. That's my email. Or you can go to my website, gaffinstone.com, and get your chart done for free. There are hyperlinks there when you download it. You can follow them to get a little more information. But that's really just an overview to give you an idea. If you want to learn about you specifically, Come and have a talk with me and we will find you under that conditioning and find out how you offload it, right? So when you're looking at responsibility for yourself, let's start with what you prize. What have you written down that's important to you? Is it your health? Is it fitness? Do you have, do you attach importance to a work ethic? And what does that look like? How so? How so is a great question, remember. Do ask that. Let's see what else could be there. Are you a people pleaser? Do you have hypervigilance as you're monitoring the emotions of other people and then leaping in to bring solutions that they may or may not have asked for? Now, there's a clue right there. We didn't mention earlier that are you a solution person? Are you someone that everyone goes to because you have the answers? And then when you give the solutions, they disappear again, leaving you sort of wondering, well, okay, was that it? That could be that you're giving a little too much there and you're living externally. 
So where are you in all of that? Because when you're trying to please everyone and fix everything and jump in, that's a trauma response. That's something that you're doing based on having learned when you were a child that you need to keep other people happy in order to be safe. So think about that for a moment. Does that align with what you understand about your childhood? Does that ring a bell for something that you've experienced? When you state your values, what are they? Are they values that you came up with? Are they ones that you've been told? Are they ones that you think other people want you to have? A lot of people do that. And you'll know because particularly for a business owner, if you're working hard to make your business successful and it just isn't getting anywhere, have a look at your values. There's a really good chance that your stated values and your felt values are not the same. And you can't possibly reach your end goal if you're coming from the wrong place. And by wrong, I mean different, not aligned. Okay, not that it's um, incorrect, period. It's incorrect for you. That's the important piece. So I hope you're writing all of this down, all the things that you comprise. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay. Enough of the Jeopardy tune. So how do you take responsibility for the things that you're valuing, that you state you value? Do you show up fully? Are you taking responsible action? Do you know what that would look like? Have you ever thought about this before even? Give yourself a score of five if you're if you can honestly say that you're fully paying attention in your life and you're showing up for yourself. Give yourself a five. Absolutely taking responsible action. Give yourself a five. If you're saying things like, well, I will after I've done, I will once this happens, I will when that. Okay, if it's a one day, I will. I, I think you can score a one for that one. That's because you're not doing it. It's, you know, you're, you're treading water. You're keeping yourself small. So where do you not take action? And why do you not take action? Not looking at excuses, but really find out, really dig into what's happening here because there's gold right there. That's going to give you some really good information so you can step out of that old story and into your new reality of who you are and who you want to be. Who would you like other people to see? But more importantly, much more importantly, who are you for you? Okay, that's always your priority is you. Let's look at congruence with goals and values and stated goals and values. As I just mentioned, in your business, if you're a business owner, you're going to not reach the point you want to if your goals aren't in alignment, right? You're going to keep falling off the pathway. Now, the other thing with clarity here is if you're moving away from something, if you do not value um, carrying 50 pounds extra, for example, let's use this because it's a fairly common example, right? Weight loss. So if you have 50 pounds extra and you value losing that weight because, you know, you, you have all sorts of stories around what that does to you, then you're moving away from the pain. 
And that's fine. And as you lose a certain amount of weight, you're further away from that pain point. And so the responsibility, the sense of I have to do this becomes weaker and weaker and you drop off. And then you're back to your pain point. So you start up again. Are you recognizing a yo-yo here or a roller coaster? Because that's that's what happens. That's what we do. So moving away from pain can be good, but moving toward your vision is best because pulling toward the vision is a lot stronger and you're less likely to fall down. So be sure that you have the right values for you and a sense of responsibility for those values. Are you going to take ownership? Are you going to take action and move towards your actual, not assumed or imposed goals and values? Focusing on other people is a distraction. Focus on yourself and your responsibility for who you are and how you show up. Now, I'm doing human design readings specifically for this, and it's a sort of window to who you are. We can then discuss from there what you'd like to do moving forward. Do you want to have coaching to help you on that journey? Do you want to have more depth with your human design? All of these things are possible. It's individual because, you know, it's not a cookie cutter deal, right? The whole point for human design is that it is specific to you. It is personally yours. So what would you like to learn? How do you want to show up in your life? And how do you want to model for your children? How do you want to be with your partner? And how do you want to show up at work? Responsibility at work looks different. You have a job description. You're responsible for your part there. You're not responsible for other people's parts. So again, where can you bring all your energy back to you to be the best person you can be? I would love to know what comes up for you, what gems you've got, what questions you have, and where you find difficulty in putting down the responsibility that's not yours and taking responsibility where it is yours. Hoping someone's going to save you isn't going to work. They're not likely to come in and do just the right thing at just the right time. You save you. That's what taking responsibility for yourself is about. That's what showing up is all about. So I look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. And stay tuned for more goodies. Let me know what you'd like to have explored. I will see you on the other side. Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationship Show. Mickey returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey. And with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.